You're listening to DraftKings Network. On today's episode of The Cooligans, thank you so much for listening, by the way. Uh, we talk about so much. We talked to Sean Wright Phillip. Crazy. Oh, my God. He brought, first of all, you know he had to check a bag because he brought a lot of smoke with him. <laughs> oh, my God. There was a lot of uh, SWP energy is going to be a new, it's a new in the lexicon now. That's right. Plus, we talk a little bit about Kobe. We talk a little bit about Chicharito. We talk about a lot more. Okay. And then the second segment, we're talking to. Peter Wilt, the man who invented American soccer. <laughs> I said it. Yeah. Uh, we talk about a, a couple puppies signing with MLS teams. So, That's right. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, uh, you know, uh, a lot of fun things to talk about That's today. That's right. So all this and more today on the Cooligans. Hey, guys. Elise LeHue, general manager with Sky Blue FC. And I got that bag with the Cooligans. Hey. Yeah, baby! Yo, what is Come up? On. What is good? <laughs> All right, it has been improvement from uh, last week's yeah, yeah, baby. So that's I good. couldn't talk. Now I can talk, but now I can't walk. Now your leg doesn't work. <laughs> Walking like a target. It's going to take a couple months for me to get both of them in one shot. Okay, Migos. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I don't broke my right foot, I think. Yeah, we should give people uh, a medical update real quick. What, what happened to your ankle? I don't know. I hurt a little bit, right? And it hurt for like three or four days. And how'd then- you hurt it? I, I think it was getting out of the car, you know, like that move where you push off. I felt a little twinge in the middle of the top of my foot. That's all. Okay. And I was like, that's nothing. All right, and then so, I walked So you're doing in, intense physical activity. For at, me, yes. And something else. Don't you dare compare it <laughs> to you getting out of a car, okay? <laughs> Somewhat of a heavier load here, okay? <laughs> and I just remember, like, you know, like you walking through the pain. It felt like a sore muscle. Okay. And then... I so DJ Step, the homie, is in town, right? Okay. He invites me out to go to a club uh Friday night. So Friday night, I'm out here, I'm dancing, I'm doing my thing, right? And I felt my ankle hurting. Like the the top of my foot. And I was like, you know what seems to be getting worse? Maybe I should just go home, right? So I go home. Nothing makes me feel older than that, right? I go home. It's 8.15 p.m. <laughs> and by the way, dancing, I'm just having the blue plate special at a local Denny's. <laughs> now, right? It's like 3 in the morning, right? I'm like, I should fucking go home. So I go home. I wake up the next day. And my ankle is this big. Okay. Okay. So I, I didn't realize this was going to be such a long story. Hello. Welcome to the Yay! show, everybody. <laughs> my name is Christian Polanco. And I'm injured. <laughs> Alexis Guerrero's baby. Okay. Uh, he's got, yeah, he's giving you his whole medical history before we even introduce ourselves. That's right. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, we are your favorite stand-up comedians. Uh, that hosts the funniest soccer show that you have ever seen. That's right. It's also the most injured and the gulliest <laughs> soccer right. show in the yeah. world. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, yeah, it's weird when the, the non-active one has the most injuries. Well, I uh, mean, that's how it happens. <laughs> you know, I literally, my body's built for a sedate lifestyle. And I think getting out of the car just, is just too much. A, a little too yeah. much, you know? He's like, you just t- tore a, a ro- rotator cuff uh, <laughs> spinning up pasta. Yeah. <laughs> just whipping that sauce. <laughs> you know how that happens? It's, uh, it's a common injury. Uh, most people. <laughs> doctor's like, how'd you do it? Guy's like, threw a baseball 101 miles an hour. I'm like, you think that's tough? I was making mashed potatoes the old school way. 
<laughs> yes, uh, I'm glad that we can uh, we can laugh a little bit because uh, this, these last couple of days have been incredibly challenging. It's so tough uh, for uh, for a lot of people, uh, us included. I mean, it, it's difficult to uh, you can't really uh, talk to anyone without anyone sort of having some sort of experience or uh, uh, or really talking about how Kobe Bryant uh, affected them uh, in some way. And he and he did. And he had a, a positive effect on on a lot of people. I mean, just we were sort of talking about um, with a bunch of comics, like how big is Kobe? Kobe is bigger in L.A. than I think like Jay-Z or Biggie ever was in New York. Does that make sense? Uh, Sure. I, I mean, I look, I, I I don't know how to make that those comparisons. I think it's apples to oranges kind well, of I thing. Mean, I don't think it's you can't really quantify. So it's how do you feel? And <laughs> <laughs> uh, regardless of what you say, I'm yeah, going to say you're know. wrong. It's, it's, it, I think uh, Kobe, like like anyone who who passes, they, they you know, it, they mean something to that particular person. Right. Like uh, there are people who absolutely uh, uh, Kobe was revered. Uh, there are people who have, hate him for, you you know, his, his past for his past. So you understand that like, it, it's a, there's a lot, there's nuance to it. It's, it's difficult to, to comprehend, but everybody has their own experience that, that shouldn't necessarily be dismissed. I think, look, there's a lot that we could talk about There Certainly if you have a gripe or you're, you're not as sad that he's gone, I get it. You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of issues. I, I want to just talk about sort of the last few years of his life. Uh, how much, you know, at the end of the day, this was a dad. That passed away. What I can only imagine is trying to calm his daughter down and tell her that everything's going to be all right. Like the, the the image of that, just regardless of what happened elsewhere, the image and the thought of that. I don't have kids. You know what I mean? Not that I know of. You know, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, please. <laughs> Anything happened? Yeah, yeah. You have a TV show now. I think. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, right? Like, if, look, kid, if you're out there, just. <laughs> Show up when D's not around. It's going to make things a lot easier for me. Uh, uh, but no, all jokes aside, and like this is the only way we know how to cope. So I'm sorry. But um, at the end of the day, it's just that that image is gut wrenching and all the other families that were in that helicopter and the pilot, everyone along. Uh, it's just gut wrenching. So you want to sort of take what are the positives? And so many people are sharing videos of like inspirational things he said yeah. and that whole idea of like the Mamba mentality. You know what I mean? And and people getting up and somebody was mad. They're like, of course, the NBA didn't cancel games. It's like Kobe wouldn't have wanted that. Kobe would have wanted those games to be played. Sure. And there's all these like little like Mike Tirico came out and he put out a video or ex- an explanation of a moment where his last game, he was at 59 points and he goes to the line uh, or gets the first one to 59 points in order to get 60. One of the players on the other team steps over the line. Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Gordon Hayward. So that in case he missed it, he got the chance again. Like that little camaraderie, all these like little stories that are coming out. He was respected. Yeah. Right? All these things are just sort of incredible. I know you were a huge. I wasn't a big Kobe. I wasn't a massive Kobe fan. I'm a Knicks fan and he destroyed us. Yeah, yeah. Step of the way. I definitely had respect for Kobe, but he was a, a huge part of my childhood and actually brought this. Uh, this this is my real um, book, my my uh, NBA card collection. I know it says magic cards on it, which but- is wildly embarrassing. <laughs> you don't think this is embarrassing. This is wildly I embarrassing. I, I didn't collect magic cards. Uh, yeah, no, you were cooler than that. <laughs> I, co- I collected, uh, you know, basketball cards, baseball cards, and also comic book cards. Okay? Oh. All right. I'm not claiming to be cool yeah. or have ever uh, kissed a girl t- till last week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but look, as you can see, I always talk about uh, Penny Hardaway and that Penny Hardaway was my favorite player. So that's why he's on the first uh, page. Uh, but I'll go. Uh, I'll go to wait. So this is a uh, who is this? Uh, Keith. 
Tim Duncan and uh, Keith Van Horn. Ooh. <laughs> Huge fan of Keith Van Horn. So you only collected all-stars, <laughs> is what you're saying. Stefan Marbury over here. Uh, we don't need to see all of them. I'm just saying, Kobe? I'm getting to the Kobe one. This And this is Kobe's page right here. So I had a bunch of cards. Look at this. Upper Deck, Fleer, NBA Hoops. Oh, man. Okay, this is my childhood right here. This is what I spent every cent uh i i received on you know what i wish i had a collection of pictures of sandwiches i spent all my money on (laughs) at the end of the day maybe that's not a bad thing (laughs) no man but this was uh it it was uh it was difficult uh obviously when i when i heard the news i was uh, my brother had texted me and uh just tragic did you ever get to see him play live i never got to see him play live i couldn't uh you know as a kid i didn't have money to go to games and stuff like that Played until we were older yeah yeah, and i never really went to too many basketball games uh i just i just never got a chance to see him play which my first uh, memory of kobe was uh well my most vivid early memory of him is when he was on moesha Remember yeah. that? <laughs> sure. That's right. Dude was on Moesha. I think he was like 17 years old. Yeah. At the time. Well, he took Brandy to the prom. He took Brandy to the prom, dude. Yeah, that was huge. Hell yeah. Go. <laughs> Hi, Brandy. <laughs> I, uh, and then um, uh, I went to, uh, I think it was in 2012 or 2013, Jeremy Lin scored 38 points on the Lakers. I was sitting courtside for that game. I met okay. this dude who did all the promotion for the NBA. Next to Ben Europe. Stiller, I think. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, remember I acted with Ben Stiller on a Knicks commercial. Remember oh, that? right, right, right. Yeah, wow, that's kind of cool that you made that competition. Yeah. And no one will ever see it because it was to get Kawhi Leonard to come to the Knicks. <laughs> and guess what? It didn't work. It didn't work out. And I tried to keep the jersey and they caught me. <laughs> I had a Kawhi Leonard number, I think it was number two, right? I can't remember his name. I don't remember. Number, yeah. number two. I had a Knicks number two with Leonard on the back. And they ripped that joint right off me. Uh, but anyway, uh, Ben Stiller goes, hey, man, you're funny. I was like, woo. Uh, but anyway, the, the Kobe story. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Lin scores 38 points. I'm sitting courtside. Kobe only had 33. And I remember at halftime, it looked like um, it looked like they were going to be going shot for shot. Right. So if you ever sit courtside, the only reason I got these tickets, because my buddy did the promotion for the NBA. He texts me, hey, man, I'm in town. Do you want to go to a Knicks game? I'm like, absolutely. Right. Middle of insanity. Right. Uh, at halftime, you get to go back to like the VIP area where they have like all the food and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I'm I'm standing there between uh, John Starks and Alan Houston, and I was like, ah, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, look, yeah, at yeah. A, look at us, it was a Paul Rudd. Look yeah. at us. <laughs> Who would have thought? Not me, right? And I was like, ah, and they're like, yes, we've talked to each other before. And I'm like, oh man, you know, I'm freaking out. And then I go over, and they had all these like they had sushi and everything, and then they had Kobe beef. Mm. And I was like, hmm, Kobe beef. I was like, I'm going to eat this. Like, Jeremy Lin's going to eat Kobe today, <laughs> right? And Alan Houston goes, yeah, man, can I reach over Like I was like, no, not even a giggle. Uh, couldn't he, he, you can't get Alan Houston to crack. Yeah. He's, he's tough. He's Alan tough. Houston, come on. <laughs> Patrick Ewing giggle. Come on, Patty Ewing. Uh, I, one thing I, I want to point out was the the, the that effect. Did I sat courtside? No, not oh, that. Okay. Uh, even though that was monumental. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the effect uh, and influence Kobe had on, on soccer. And, that, and, that and the women's sport, soccer. Yeah, yeah, and that the sport had on him. He was uh, always at soccer events. Uh, we're seeing some photos here. He was always at uh, a bunch of events. He was always uh, he grew supporting up in Italy. 
Yes, that's right. He grew right. up in Tuscany, if I'm not mistaken. His dad uh, was a superstar at the played Italian ba- game. Played basketball, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, D'Antoni, remember Mike D'Antoni? Yeah, yeah. He also played on that team. So he's he basically grew up with Mike D'Antoni as well. But So he learned about soccer that way. Huge and, fan. And uh, he supported the U.S. Women's National Team all the time. He, he would always talk about how his daughters uh, loved the U.S. Women's National Team. And he wanted and he he respected those players because they, they, they were role models to his daughters and clearly saw like a, a pathway for them to, you know, become uh, either professional players or uh, or just be inspiring. We see, we're seeing him with, with Mia Ham. He was yeah. a Barcelona fan. He was a, AC, a huge AC Milan fan. Uh, it was also new. I think the AC Milan players are going to be wearing black armbands uh, in their next game. Uh, for for Kobe, uh, we're seeing he, he, him here with Ka- Harry Kane, which obviously goes to show he does charity work. He does charity work. There he, he is yeah, with the Tottenham a, player. He's a right? good, yeah, a lot of they needed lowering the support, his, <laughs> lowering his value no, but you, of a photo. We hear Kobe. how many athletes uh, he he was in contact with who he always supported. Uh, well, you and I follow a ton of soccer players on Instagram, right? Just because of what we do, a lot of European ones. I follow a ton of Arsenal players. Everyone was putting up Kobe tributes, and it it should have made sense but at first i was like wow i never realized that of course everyone loves the nba in europe but you never realize the influence like uh romelu lukaku put up a huge thing saying like how much he inspired him and made him a better player and he was his biggest inspiration and it's like you would assume he would be a fan of a soccer player you know what i mean yeah no here he is talking about kobe kobe and the way kobe went after and the way kobe trained harder than anyone else yeah but not only was he inspiring but he was like one of these dudes that would call you you know like when people were injured he would call them and 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 keep them motivated uh Keep inspiring them. Tell them same thing. Same thing with uh, Gordon Hayward when he uh, Kobe, when Gordon Hayward broke his ankle. Yeah, Kobe was like one of the first to call him, tell him to like stay focused uh, and and work you know on the rehab day one day at a time, things like that. Uh, so when you hear these stories, it's obviously difficult to not get incredibly emotional. It's uh, been it's been a sad few days because of all of these stories. Yeah, because out. of uh, you know he he's. He he really tried to do something positive in the world. And look at look at the way Shaq reacted. You know, him and Shaq famously had uh, a huge beef. Remember Shaq did that freestyle where he said, uh, how's my ass taste like? Yeah, yeah. They had the real beef and Shaq is distraught from every from every point. He even put up uh, like a rap like like Kobe had given him bars for a song of his, which. The two of them should have never rapped. <laughs> they should. But <laughs> it was wildly responsible you know, on, yeah. both, on both parties. <laughs> They're both at fault for that. Uh, but, uh, but Shaq, and here's the thing. Shaq's from Newark, right? If there's one thing that I know about people from Newark is that we will carry a grudge forever. <laughs> it's just who we are, okay? Yes, you're built different. You slight me, I, and I'll never forget about even, it. But even the smallest thing. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. <laughs> But Shaq put up how how hurt he was and how much he missed them and how he just assumed he'd be around forever. And it was one of those things where I know they sort of repatched the relationship now in these years. But you know that there's some stuff. I know because I'm from Newark and so Shaq, that there's some stuff that Shaq had never said. Some stuff that Shaq had never covered. He held on to some stuff. I could feel it in some of those posts. And it almost makes you want to. Right. It made me think, like, should I reach out to people and let them know that, you know, forgive Right. Just move on. Who cares? I didn't because, again, I'm from Newark. Right. I'm going to hold on to it forever. But it sort of gives you an idea. It's like there's so many ways that this dude has touched so many the lives of so many people in so many positive ways. And even people that had arguments with him and gripes and and longtime grudges are feeling the effects of this. Exactly. So 
Uh, yeah, there's nothing left to be said besides, uh, you know, obviously rest in peace uh, and, and to, to Gigi, to everybody that was on, on the helicopter is incredibly difficult. And you can't uh, even imagine what like their family is going through the, the, the Bryant family. Uh, but all the families involved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, incredibly difficult. So, uh, yeah, with that said, rest in peace, Kobe. Let's talk. Uh, let's let's do. Let's go to a review. I mean, people are going to notice there's a massive box in no, front of me. You know what, Alexis? <laughs> Nobody's noticed. Look away. Okay? <laughs> also, I've never looked skinnier on camera. Okay, <laughs> but we're going to get to this in a second because we like to show love to the people who show love to us. Exactly. And we do. We did get a, a review on uh, on Apple Podcast that we appreciate it. So make sure you leave a review if you listen to the uh, this podcast. Five, five stars. Uh, and uh, this came from uh, uh, Shider or Shader. 33 and it just says thank you and five stars uh, okay and they say i uh, want to say thank you uh wow i say want to say th- thank you to y'all i started listening to the pod since april i've been dealing with depression and life has been rough for me but you guys uh put out funny content to keep my mind uh in a good place yeah uh, you guys cover every big news uh, around the world and bring on amazing guests but uh really the question is when is thierry Henry making this sh- uh an appearance on the show let's go <laughs> would love to hear from my favorite player ever every day i keep trying to decide if i'm gully or gully adjacent uh, I think I'm turning mad gully. Yeah. <laughs> Go Gunners. <laughs> well, first of all, come on, you Gunners. Second of all, would love Thierry Henry to be on the show. It's really all I'm asking for right now. It's my goal for this year. And also, welcome to the gully life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we we welcome all. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Shouts to the gully adjacents. We need them. Exactly. They uh, they support the, the gully. Right? <laughs> Who's know? there to pick us up from the game? <laughs> the minivan with the apple slices. <laughs> we need you right? in our lives. Cutting uh, the crust off the sandwiches. <laughs> gully adjacent. So thank you, uh, all gully and gully adjacent folks. Uh, help us get to 700 uh, reviews on iTunes. So leave a review if you want to do that. Please. No. Let's okay. open this massive box. Okay, we got this giant box here. Imagine a dude pops out of it. That'd be dope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is it? A bachelor, a bachelor party? <laughs> it's, oh my God. Okay. No. All right. Here, you're, you're, can you grab one of these? <laughs> wow, these boxes are gigantic. Hold on. Here, grab that one. All right. Okay, I know what this is. Well, it says it on the outside. This, this is, is insane. From. This is clearly from Adidas. <laughs> Holy. Holy smokes. Look at this. It says Predator on the front. Okay. What? Uh, I think I have a feeling. I've been seeing uh I've been seeing commercials for these. Oh, oh boy. Yo. <laughs> Look at the in drip. <laughs> you don't have oh, to bleep like that out. A shoehorn. Yeah, baby. Oh man, thank you, Adidas. Hold on, I didn't get a shoehorn. <laughs> Mine might be in the bag itself. Hey, Alexis, we're excited to introduce you to the newest Adidas cleats, the Predator 2.0. Oh, my God. Look at this. Uh, this cleat debuts demon skin technology. Okay, cool. Okay. All, all right. right. A little Satan worshiping. Yeah. All right. Well, goth kid got a job at Adidas. <laughs> Made up of 406 spikes on the upper. It adds more spin to the ball because you know how much I'm going to be using this. <laughs> oh, my God. They're not kidding. Look at all those spikes at the top. Of Look it. at this. This is can't this. wait to hear what you think. Your friends at Adidas football. Hashtag predator. Hashtag gift. Gifted by Adidas. <laughs> Yo, this is huge. Thank you so much, Adidas. This is like 
Uh, Bro, you got to wait till you see me at the deli, right? <laughs> Just like getting in front of them, one of them old women that walk in front of me like, ba-ba. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly how much Alexis is going to put these to use, uh, but I, I would be impressed to oh see him my God. Uh, kick some into the upper 90 with these. These are dope. I mean, if you can't see, these, they, they have like, uh, they, have, they have little spikes on them to, to put fear into your opponents. That's uh, right. So this uh this is gonna be dope. I cannot wait. First of all, these are just beautiful. I just I cannot believe Adidas knows who we are. <laughs> Adidas sent us this, and it says my name on it. This wasn't a mistake. This, they spelled it correctly, everything. This is incredible. They got our size correctly. <laughs> That's oh man. Uh, Adidas, I will be glad to let you know how much I get for this on eBay. I mean, this is gonna be <laughs> No, wow. uh you yeah, you gotta put those to use, Alexis. <laughs> With your bad ankle. Yeah, and I can't even move my foot. <laughs> Look at these. These are gorgeous. These are dope. Thank Yo, you. Shouts to Adidas. Thank you so much, Adidas, for these. Oh, unbelievable. Adidas, can I send you these back for some street shoes? <laughs> Is that possible? Uh, no, show some gratitude. All right. <laughs> all right. We'll be back. We're going to be ch- talking about Chicharito after this. Hey, everybody, thanks so much for listening to the show. We want to bring in one of our sponsors, us, and you. And you, uh, Gully Squad. Ooh. You know, the Gully Squad members that are listening, they're like, oh, thank you. Yeah. No, this is legitimately for you. <laughs> thank you so much for being a member of Gully Squad. Also, shout out to all the new members of Gully Squad. That's right. We Okay, so we mentioned it last week, and we played a, a, a small clip of, uh, of a, a snippet, if a you snippet will. of our a small roast yeah. uh, of our roast, of uh, the MLS roast that we did, uh, and people uh, went nuts. They went ballistic. So, uh, thank you for for joining uh, because I mean this is the carrot you needed yeah uh, for for a lot of people they were like trying to dang a lot in front of you and this is what got you <laughs> making fun of MLS <laughs> so uh, look and like like we said uh, it's it was super fun we did it at uh, the Independent Supporters Council conference uh, and it was an absolute blast you're never gonna see really anything like it uh, there's so- no other room we could have done these <laughs> so- all, all we we'd have to interrupt the game <laughs> with wireless mics to do this. <laughs> and even then, like maybe 10% of the people yeah. in the stadium would understand what we're talking <laughs> about. Uh, so again, go to SoccerCooligans.com and click on the Join Gully Squad button. It's at the, it's all the way at the bottom. You can click it on the menu as well. Uh, and join at whatever level uh, and you'll get access to a bunch of cool content uh, like this roast. So, uh, yeah. And of course the Slack channel. Hey, post pictures of your pizza and I'll trash it. <laughs> people, uh, it's almost, it's like a, a, they you, asked for this. They yeah, made this themselves. It's like a weird, it's like a masochist thing that right. people are like yeah alexis yeah. trash my pizza <laughs> oh it gets me going <laughs> all right soccercooligans.com and click on join gully squad and look at christian wearing the <laughs> shoes already <laughs> You're one of those dudes that uh, when you get a Christmas gift, you put it on right oh, away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gift. <laughs> I'm like, not. I'll put it away and then like a week later be like, oh, yeah, it's time. Oh, these are fire. Are right. they? <laughs> yeah. Demon skin technology. <laughs> uh, yes, we should start. How, how should we should start this segment, Alexis? I, I don't know. By talking about <laughs> it. Talk about Chicharito. We, we talked. We discussed this uh, during the break. Chicharito. Uh, we, we were. How how thrilled were we last week when we we've, uh, we it was confirmed that he was uh, coming to MLS. We were like this. What a PR. Wonderful. Heaven. <laughs> this could not. Nothing could go nothing wrong. Nothing could go wrong. And Chicharito was like, no, no, no. Un segundo. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Let me just. <laughs> FaceTime my mom real quick and ruin it for everybody. 
<laughs> no, he uh, if I mean, if you don't follow soccer Twitter, where what are you doing? But uh, you yeah. must you must have seen uh, Chicharito basically say that uh, he's talking to his parents and he says, uh, uh, you know, to paraphrase, this is the beginning of my retirement. Once he's announced telling from the European dream. Yes, he does say that. But but people got caught on the word retire the word is retirement all of it. Was, he was like i shall retire to the bedroom <laughs> like i told you mls is a retirement league i knew you it see, we can't have these weak-minded players <laughs> right? coming to our league we gotta start buying 22 year olds <laughs> not 32 year olds wait do you mean 22 year olds or a, a one 22 year old buddy <laughs> would you rather get attacked by 100 ducks <laughs> that are the size of horses. <laughs> um, no, look, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, shared it on social media and, and I'm, you know, I, I pointed out like he was having a very emotional conversation with his parents. By about- the way, and you said I've, if you're the one who tweeted this. Yeah. Right. And he has apparently like a YouTube reality show. Yes, he has a vlog. It's not real. <laughs> just a vlog. It's, I think. Emba- it's embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> but you're in the league now. Calm it down. Right. Uh, but um, he had this like sort of emotional phone call with his mom and his dad. And he was sort of you had posted this like, yeah, people are going to attack the retirement uh, thing. But really, at the end of the day, this is someone who's clearly wants to make his parents proud. We're Latinos. We get it. Right. Yeah. I gave up on that dream years ago. I became a comedian. But most <laughs> I people gave up on being Latino. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up for grabs. Who wants it? No. It's just a racial yeah. draft all over again. Yeah. Anybody? I'll go Albanian. You know what I mean? Uh no, but like I uh, the the thing of like the whole like we we the the tweet was talking about like this emotional outpouring of trying to like make your parents proud and your parents having to be the one to be like, don't be upset. This is great. Don't worry about it, yada yada yada. And we got attacked from both sides of the argument. <laughs> yeah, people were obviously the, the MLS diehards were less like, no, he's a he's going to be a flop and look at him. He's, you know, he's already thinking about retirement. But when uh, the way I took it was he uh, going to or I said, let's say leaving Mexico, going from Chivas to he ended up going to Manchester United. That yeah. was such a huge dream. Right. And in Mexico, huge moment for a Mexican player, for Me- Me- all of Mexico is proud of him yeah. for for making that move. And that's why the Liga MX players going to Europe is huge and that there's so much to be proud of to make that move right and it's, a, it's a little bit of validation for the latin american player yeah. which is huge and we know uh, chicharito while he was at west ham wasn't getting you know he wasn't doing as well as he wanted to uh at sevilla wasn't getting a lot of playing time and he wanted to play and if you watch the the end of that clip he says he's just he's crying he's like i just wanted to i just want to play and he says i know i could still do it i, I believe yeah. in myself but if they're not going to give me the opportunity i just want to go play yeah and he and i can understand why he feels like that is the the failure to some degree and that going to mls is saying hey i'm i'm giving up on on trying to make he could still be a a, a prominent you know, a player in La Liga, like if 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 he got the opportunity, and he he from basically, if you watch this episode, he he really feels like he's misunderstood, uh, and and he shows a lot of vulnerability, and you got to give him some props for being this open uh, uh, about about his life and his career and 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 his family life. I mean, I I understand that that feeling of having to sort of give up on one part of your dream. If his dream was to go to Europe and play there and be successful, to some degree he did it, but the feeling of having to sort of let go of that, I get that. The part that surprises me is how 
you know, people were just upset that this was even brought up, that we tweeted it. People were saying like, oh, we were trying to get like clickbait. We were trying to get click clout, which I'm like, you can't even say that. Click clout. Click clout. <laughs> That's the sound your boots are going to make when you walk on this hardwood click floor. Click clout, click clout. <laughs> you know, uh, which, uh, I can't believe you put them on. Um, which one called people said that like uh, people were like, and you call yourselves comedians like, Doug, we, we put up an yeah. emotional post. And people are just absurd. It's just like every, they expect comedians, like everything has to be funny. You have us, you have one serious thought. Yeah. You're, you're canceled. Wow. <laughs> you feel? <laughs> well, stop being a comic. Boom. <laughs> yeah. We're done with you. I, it's so funny. Even when we put up the roast jokes, someone put, oh, these jokes are lame AF. It's like, well, you go ahead and do it. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, go to, go to these other MLS roasts, these yeah. very soccer specific roasts. Uh, Watch the other roads that are clearly available to all of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, man. Look, I, this is the the last thing. I just I think he probably should have chosen his words better. Uh, I don't think so. I think say whatever the hell you want. I mean, I get the retirement word. I, I people like, you were like, I hope you speak Spanish because retire also means leave. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> Click on our That's profile. It's just look. It, it's it's the nature of having, uh, uh, you know, having a behind the scenes anything right yeah. where pe- if things are going to be mis- misconstrued. And he had when he was doing his the the media day, the MLS media day, and everything, he had to defend this point. And I'm sure he didn't want to waste his time doing this. No. So that's why I say for his own like peace of mind, he probably shouldn't have used the word retirement. But if that's if that's how he felt, it, it is what it is. And if he's fine defending himself and defending the point of view, I think he's going to do fine in the league. So he I'm not worried it about up it. with his play. So like all of this is a moot point. This exactly. is just something for, you know, fans of the rival teams to attach. OK, to. We're, we're fans of Chicharito. So have a great uh, year. All right. Uh, we have to uh, we, have, we have to show our interview. We have to play our interview from uh, from the United Soccer Coaches Convention. That's right. We we're in Baltimore this year. That's right. Uh, and we saw a legendary Premier League player. That's right. Sean. Wright Phillips. That's right. Ian Wright's kid. Bradley Wright's uh, Phillips' brother. We saw him and we we're like, yo, you want to do this interview? And he was like, oh, hold on a second. Let me just make sure I bring all the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad uh, I packed the I got, smoke with me. <laughs> I need some extra pockets for all the smoke. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, Sean Wright Phillips obviously played for Manchester City, play, played uh, for Chelsea, uh, also played for the New York Red Bulls uh, with his brother. Uh, and he had a, a lot of opinions on MLS. And, you know, we didn't uh, we didn't know exactly what to expect. We, we just asked the question <laughs> and flood. <laughs> but it's just like we basically said like what was your former employer like and yeah. he was like oh, okay finally oh. someone asked me well let me tell you he left a yelp review <laughs> <laughs> but we had a great time talking to uh sean Wright phillips uh i'm glad he got to sit down uh with us i'm glad he got to meet us I got, <laughs> what a privilege <laughs> what an honor <laughs> but here is our interview with sean Wright phillips at uh the united soccer coaches convention yeah that's right we're back united soccer united Soccer coaches <laughs> convention. I keep saying United States soccer coaches convention. Change the name. It's too confusing. <laughs> to make it more comfortable for Alexis. Get out of here. Uh, we are here with a, with a, I mean, every time I see you, there's people walking by going, Oh, I'm a huge, and they put on a fake Manchester accent. I'm a huge, I'm a huge city fan. Oh, I've been since day one. You know they're not, and they only had an Oasis album back in the day, and that's it. But yo, uh, this dude, I mean, I've seen you do so much even after you've left Manchester City. I've seen you carrying the trophy around. You hung out with Venice Beach FC. This dude uh, played for the Rebels as well. Uh, you know him. You love him. Uh, your dad was like an idol of mine growing up. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only. Put your hands together unless you drive for Sean Wright. Philip, everybody. Sean, what's up, man? What's happening, man? You guys good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mad chill all of a sudden. <laughs> we, so, uh, yeah, we met you just a couple moments ago. So thank you so much for doing this and agreeing to do it. We met, we we did the pitch. We said, uh, hey, we're stand-up comedians. Uh, we do a show about soccer. Uh, have, uh, Sean what's, still don't believe us. What's been your, <laughs> what's been your interactions with comedy and, and, and football or soccer? Like, because obviously whenever we introduce people and say we're standing conference and enjoy soccer especially in America people are skeptical skeptical they think we're going to make fun of them never really had any I just you lot seem like good guys okay. it's a good chance for me to obviously do something for my mentor and catch up with you guys at the same time so I was like yeah why not All that's right. dope and my mentor is the, is the platform that you hear the learning platform you hear talking about at the convention we'll get to that in a second but looking at soccer in America you played here your first uh your first entrance into soccer in America was probably Bradley, right? Playing at Red Bull. No, I'd seen it before, but obviously my brother being here made me watch it a lot more. Okay. There was more reason to watch it. And then you're the perfect person to ask because you played in England, obviously. You played at MLS, and then you went and played in Phoenix uh, with your homie uh, Drogba, right? I'm assuming you're friends. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe yeah, I just put that well, on I think you. we're friends. Right? <laughs> he ain't catching back or something. Tell me. What's going on? Am I ghosting you right now? But uh, what do you think? And be honest. Forget the fact that we're at the coaches convention. What do you think of the level in the U.S., especially from probably where you maybe first heard of it in like maybe a World Cup or something to where it is now? Um, I think for me personally, if you're talking, trying to compare it with the Premier League, I'd say that they're in a way light years behind. I don't feel like the comp- competition for the players is big enough. Like no relegation, no promotion. So actually, what are you playing for? Some places to get into the playoffs. So then the league doesn't actually mean nothing. You win the league and what do you get for it? Yeah. It's, I didn't it's know backwards. that you packaged all that smoke when you came here, dog. <laughs> you went right. Please come to New York and be on our TV show officially. This will be dope. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess there's a lot of people here that would argue otherwise, but I think it's because they're also making money. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but you would make more money just with that. You win, say you win the title, the players should be rewarded for it and the club should be rewarded for it. If you go down, that means your team wasn't good enough. Yeah. Like why, if you're not good enough, should you play against the best players in the MLS all the time? Like that is that that should be a privilege to play against, say, your New York cities or your Red Bulls because they're they're stronger teams. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 fascinating because it, it it is just a matter of fact. It's just like the way you you're describing it and the philosophy. It's English football has been this way for a hundred years, and and that's simply how it is. Like when we talk about. We enjoy as American soccer fans. We we do enjoy uh, uh, the 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 version of football that we have, which is which is, is like finding incentive and in trying to make the playoffs and yeah. making MLS Cup uh, mean something. And it is, I understand, like it's really life or death, right? Where if you get you get relegated, that's like the you, you, there's actual people that are penalized for for that failure. Jobs are lost. Yeah, but it's like as a player, you lose. The Premier League title, yeah, which you worked hard to get in the first place. So you're no longer a Premier League player. You're now a Championship player. Yeah. So like, it's an award. It's a reward. It's an achievement. And it's like, yeah, I'm a Premiership player now. We deserved it. We fought all the way to get there. But in the MLS, what actually are you fighting for? Yeah. Like you could be the best team all season. Yeah. Win that. Get to the MLS Cup. Just have one bad game. <laughs> lose that, and now you're no longer classed as a champion. 
Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I like hard, it. It's, it's completely hardly insane to win <laughs> than it is to win the MLS it's Cup. All, we got insanity, dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want. We want bedlam. Right? We want chaos. I think it's maybe just the, the, the way the American sports fan has been conditioned is like, yeah, to the, the 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 season doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, In almost doesn't. any sport, like the NBA couldn't have promotion and relegation because I'm a Knicks fan and we'd be playing high school teams right now. <laughs> <laughs> what would happen? And be honest, what would happen in England if tomorrow the Premier League decided no more promotion and relegation? There'll be uproar. I don't think like it just wouldn't happen. So like the people in the championship, they win the league and what they just stuck in the same league. Yeah. So what's the point? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you think yeah, it, it affects? Be... Do you think it because of that? Do you think it truly affects uh, the player and how much uh, a drive they have and how good they want to be? You think the the promotion relegation system genuinely it makes players better as an individual because there's that there's that risk? Yeah, because you want to be the best and you want to be in the best team. So even if you do really well and your team goes, we could go and buy a player. You can't do that in the MLS. It's like two teams and the MLS have to come to an agreement. Oh yeah, you can take this player, but we have to take, no, we might want to build the squad. Hold on, hold to on. Make the squad. Use the mic closer because we can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, basically I'm saying that it's like, if I worked hard as a championship player, we got up, but then we got released. A Premier League team could walk in and buy me. They can't hear it. Like it's trading. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm give you a sticker. If you give me this sticker, yeah. no, but then you're losing what was it like team, to play bro, for the Red Bulls? I, I love the, the I love the disdain. You're yeah. just like I'm. I'm, I'm a was every I'm day done the Red Bulls for you? Just like this is mad. <laughs> no, the, the, my first shock at Red Bulls was like we finished the game, came in the changing room, and there was just all reporters in there. I was like, what the yeah. fuck is going on? Yeah, there? yeah. <laughs> that was staring was like, at all yeah. your junk, dude. <laughs> That's what we were reporting on. My man works for Pornhub, dog. <laughs> Unreal. I remember we went to MLS Cup and uh, we had a, a videographer with us who was a woman. Uh, and uh, uh, an older woman saw us and she goes, just so you know, uh, uh, these men are going to be in showering. So maybe you don't want to bring them. I'm like, you here. And guess what? She had a 13 year old boy with her. And he was like, had a blog or something. And I'm like, don't, I mean, <laughs> what you say? is there a, check, a section for people who shouldn't be here? Is that what you're trying to say? It was so confusing. American soccer is absolutely out of this world. I think more fun than the Prem, just because you never know what's going to happen. Somebody gets traded for imaginary money here. Damn. Yeah, it's exactly. amazing. You don't have that in the Prem. You have real money. Oh, boring. We play Monopoly out here, dog. And we were, uh, when we uh, first uh, were talking to you, uh, we had mentioned uh, your brother's rap career. And I, and I th- this is something we want to talk about, at least with you, because we've been trying to uh, talk to him about it. Maybe get him on get him on the show to kind of spit some bars a little bit. But you were actually be complimentary of your brother's like ra- rapping skills. Yeah, he, he is very, very good. Yeah. But he just won't bars? do anything. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, nah. you don't spit? I leave, I'll stay out of that lane. <laughs> yeah. That lane's not for me. But, um, yeah, he's very good. He just won't do anything until he retires, I don't think. Okay. I think he's got stuff out there, but people just don't know. Then he retires. He's going to release a whole album, probably. He's <laughs> yeah, got, yeah, he's got enough to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to be it. sad when he retires, but man, this is going to be the catalog that comes <laughs> after it. It's going <laughs> to be impressive. For someone, like, for someone like you to have Ian Wright hanging over your head, you know, pops and that, you know what I mean? <laughs> right? <The> old man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how about the fact that he's like cool as hell now, like, or still, like, he's still like on the edge of like hip. 
He's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a social media geek. That's why. Yes, I'm he right is, there. dude. He's like he's, he's a kind of like, 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 like a like an Instagram thot. Yeah, he's loving it right now. Wow, right, right, you yeah. just called yeah, right. a thot <laughs> to his son. Yeah, and he agreed though. He agreed though. The dude is like he's yeah, like he's taking selfies in a Range now. Rover. Yeah, like media. my guy, you're Ian Wright. How does that? Feel? Are you like dad? Get off the internet? Or are you like yo? This is lit. I just know what he's. You got to do what you got to do now and social media is the powerfulest tool in the world so if you can use it why not use it yeah okay are you are you taking lessons from that like he taught you how to play a little bit right like he so was there for two you? different players, but yes, yes he was there but right, for me. like he sort of showed you the game of. Are you now also going to learn for Instagram from him? Because he's, <laughs> no, he's on the forefront. I, I'm not that active on Instagram. I nah. only post when I'm doing work or I've got a lot of content to post. But he's got content for days. Yes, he does. Some of the pictures I've not even seen. You were pops, man. It's incredible the fact that you're right, old, older gentleman, right, but a Premier League legend. But he also like young people don't. Young people are not like okay, boomer. You know, no, you know I mean? they're actually very entertained by him and really see him as I, like we spoke to um, troops uh, from Arsenal fan TV, and he was just he was like, "That's my dad." Yeah. <laughs> so you, you got another brother, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm born and raised. I don't know if you know Newark, Newark, New Jersey, not that yeah, far yeah, from. No, yeah, That's no, where no, I'm no. from. A lot of us grew up without dads, me included. So it feels like we had like for us like I don't know like a Rod or Derek Jeter. That was our dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like Ian Wright was like. Does like a like a what's that, the word with the S a surrogate dad for a lot of kids in North London? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, right? yeah. that's pretty dope. What are you um What are you doing now in the, in the state? Are you living in the in the U.S.? Yeah, Arizona. I'm following the sun, ain't I? Oh, perfect. Jersey was too cold for me in the winter. Yeah. You're living in Arizona. All right. So <laughs> terrible food, a lot of sun. Uh, how are you well, dealing with it myself, isn't it? So well, that's a good point. Food doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, you're English. Food doesn't matter at all in the whole country. Uh, they're like, whatever, boil it. Uh, put some salt on it, maybe. Salt's a little spicy, guys. Uh, not with my Caribbean background. Yeah. You wouldn't get away That's a good point. Okay, That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, what do you, uh, what do you, uh, what do you hear at the uh, convention working on? Um, well, myself and obviously you've met my partners and my bosses. Um, we, got a platform called my mentor yeah so it's for like coaches but it's seen from the educational side so you they can learn about this decision making nutrition the psychological side of it and the mental strength and you can create your own platforms to become a better coach and also a better person but you can also use it for seminars as well okay, okay. so it's like something that you can just sort of stay on and, and go to you don't have to go out and find a coach or something. You could just yeah, do it right you from can, your phone. You can, you can learn off other coaches. Of course, initially, we're, we're going to get to the point where you can take your badges and get your certificates online. Yeah. But we're just not there yet. But the staff program is cool. Like, yeah, I they brought it to me. And like I just said, I wish my Sunday League manager had a chance to have a platform like this so I could have learned the right things earlier. Right. Yeah, it's, it, so it's, I thought it was in Spanish. Reach. I thought it was me mentored because it's MI mentor. And then I had an idea. Wouldn't it be great if you guys did me papa? Right? I grew up with a father, right? But like, yo, you pull it up when you get home, and he's like, Did you do your homework? And she's like, like I got it, you don't eat that, right? Nutrition. Okay, okay, yeah. Get the app developers right? working on it. Right? Like you can pick your shade, right? Like we all know I'm like an emoji. Like an emoji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I know just I'll, an app idea for you. <laughs> I want to ask lastly, as far as uh when it comes to coaching and, and maybe how you how you were coached uh in the US uh compared uh to England, what is there a, a particular uh i don't know if it's a coaching style a philosophy or, or mentality that you wish was involved in in american soccer coaching that that isn't 
from what I've seen so far out of all the places, I feel like there's a gap between like, I'd say from about 14 to 18, where it feels like the kids ain't playing enough or learning the right things. And I think that's the most important gap because then after then they basically just go to USL or the MLS. So you're missing a big chunk of football where I feel like now it's 2020, it's America, it's a big league. Everybody knows about it. There should be an academy system or even scholarships given to kids where they train every day with the right coaches and they get that education every day at the same time. And I think it's doable. And the MLS makes enough money. I don't see why they don't do it, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Damn, yo, Sean Wright Phillips, club owner of the year like, right hey, here. Fix this. What are you doing? <laughs> I like. I want to invite you to my house. You'd be like, yo, move your couch over here. <laughs> this ain't right. There's a gap between the living room and the kitchen. And we're just losing time out here. <laughs> well, thank you for your sincerity and your honesty. It honestly means the world to us that you would even come on our show. Yeah, We're thank you so much, man. dumb comedians and they gave us a television show. And here uh, we are. Tell your brother to come through, man. We're dying to have him on tell the show. Tell him we have zero bars. <laughs> He's going to win immediately. <laughs> People are dying to see it. They want it. The streets want it. Yeah, the streets are talking. <laughs> and they want that BWP slash Cooligans. Uh, Sean Wright, do you want to share any uh, social media and people follow you? I know you're not super active, but if you want people uh, to know what maybe what you're doing next. Where or- can people find you? Um, if you want to find me, obviously my Twitter is SWP29. On Instagram is SeanWP98. Come and check it out. It'll get it gets lively and then there's a little drought. <laughs> and then I'll quench your first well, it gets too hot. Yeah. 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 Charge my phone. Uh Sean Wright Phillips, thank you so much for nice taking the time. Guys. Next time we're in Arizona, we gotta you gotta show us if there's any good like Jamaican food out there. Yeah, there's two good, really good places. Yeah, two. I let's go. Two that I've been to and tried. I can't speak for the rest. Yeah, of yeah. There's two more that I thought would be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised there's even Jamaicans in Arizona. To be honest with you, Sean Wright Phillips, thank you so much, man. Thank you, man. guys. Thank you. All right, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed SWP. What a wonderful and uh, wildly open human being. <laughs> Very unexpected, but uh, great yeah. dude. I'm glad uh, uh, he sat down yeah. with us. Uh, Very rare do we have an interview where I'm like, dial it back, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't you, don't you, aren't you worried about how you're going to be perceived? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> no, man. Uh, great dude. I'm, I'm hope- Hopefully we get BWP on uh, someday. I want all the WPs. <laughs> I want them all. <laughs> so uh, one thing I wanted to make sure we talked about was... Do they have like an Archie Manning, like someone like no one knows what they do for a living? Is there <laughs> no, a right Archie Manning is the father. Oh, you mean the, the brother? I don't Cody? know his name. Cody Manning? Co- Ma- Cooper. Cooper. Cooper Manning. What a terrible. <laughs> hey, Cooper terrible. Wright Phillips, where are you yeah. at? <laughs> yeah, you know? Yo, Ian, have another kid, dude. <laughs> so the uh, I wanted to talk about the Olympic qualifiers, which are coming up for the women's uh, national team, obviously, and the men's national team. Which That's is, right. Olympic qualifiers across the board. But the men uh, don't put in their senior squad. Yes, they, it's a U23s, but they allow, I believe they're allowed to. Three players that are above the age of uh, twenty-three. I think that's the rule for the yeah. uh, the Olympics. The women's national team uh, uh, for uh, the for the women's side, they could play at any age. It does, it does not matter. Uh, but the uh, the interesting thing was for the women's national team qualifiers. There was no TV deal in place, and it starts this week. So <laughs> awesome! So finally, uh, uh, it was sorted out with Fox. They're going to be airing them. But this is like 
you know, people are like, how can I watch the game? And then they're they, like, well, we'll let you know soon. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, there's going to be some uh, GeoCity site that's going to be yeah, available. Yeah. <laughs> you We're on Wix right now <laughs> building it. Don't you worry. <laughs> so Conca finally sorted that out. Um, it's uh, GeoCities? GeoCities, yeah. I used to call it GeoCities. I don't think that's what it is. Of course not. Of course I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. wrong. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, but this is the, this is the, the when I was hearing about this, it reminded me of a lot of the issues that um, a lot of a lot of the corruption w- within Concacaf, especially, was because of TV. Deals. I'll let you know if a red dot appears on your forehead at any moment. <laughs> yeah. No, but what 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 happened was that because of the TV deals, they uh, the, you know the, the higher ups would basically take a. a a cut and basically to pay me and then you'll get the rights to the TV deal. Of course. So, so when it's, which not- I want to go on record as saying I would have also done. <laughs> it's, a, it's a terrible it's, thing to do. It, yeah, no, it's not great, but it just seems like it makes sense. So when I hear stuff, if like I have control. Of when this. I hear stuff like this about like, it's, it's like 11, the game is at four o'clock and yeah. at three fifty nine the deal is put yeah, in place. Exactly. I'm like, okay, this doesn't seem uh, on the up and up. Sketch. It's, a, it's a little sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope it was sorted out. I hope it was sorted out with, it. well, I'm just, glad that people can watch the Olympic qualifying because uh, so many of these, we were talking about Alex Morgan, six months pregnant training. She wants to be a part of all of this. Exactly. So that's how serious they take these Olympics. Everyone's minds were on the Olympics right after winning the World Cup. So yeah, it's, it's huge for the, for the women's national team and the men's national team, the men, especially uh, who they, they have, need it. They need, they a haven't w. even made it into the last like two Olympics. So yeah. they really need to like, they need a W. <laughs> I'm glad we can watch them. All right. Yeah. That, that's the important thing. All right. So we'll be back with more right after this, everybody. Everybody, thanks so much for listening to the show. We just want to bring in with a word from one of our sponsors, Fubo. Fubo, we've heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> See it on my checks. <laughs> so, yes, uh, Fubo TV. There's a lot of people who are uh, like, want to watch uh, Champions League is starting up uh, real soon, the knockout rounds. Absolutely. Uh, you want to watch these games. I mean, uh, if you are a fan of soccer and want the, the option, the ability to watch a ton of soccer games. There's from, only one service for you. Exactly. And uh, I mean, literally all over the world from the most popular to the most obscure of yeah. Fubo has it for you. I promise. Do you want to see a second league, <laughs> a second division Uruguayan game with 15 people in the game? <laughs> Fubo's got it. Fubo got you. <laughs> right? Trust me, they do. You can see people milling about in the background. It's pretty crazy. They're like, oh, what's this about? Oh, yeah. I'll go check it out. They're playing soccer? <laughs> cool. I'm just going to walk this cow a little bit further and maybe I'll come back. Yes, and you get that and you can watch a PSG game against yeah. Madrid. It's wild. It's crazy. They got a huge range but we want to give you guys a chance uh to get a little bit uh, a little bit a little time a little extra free time exactly and if uh, you guys want to uh join you go you go uh, tr- give a trial for fubos you go to fubotv.com slash cooligans uh what website was that fubotv.com slash cooligans wow. and you'll get you get a seven day free trial mm. and if you sign up you uh, you get thirty dollars off so hey. what a great deal Give us the 30 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the commercial uh, to donate to our GoFundMe. <laughs> you got a discount? What are you worried about? <laughs> hey, I know you're good for it. Yeah, I know you got it now. That's footballtv.com slash cooligans. Let's go. It's like a Tai Chi Millie Rock you were just doing there. <laughs> it's a little Tai Chi Rock. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I Tai Chi Rock on every block. Ah, very slowly. <laughs> okay. In every dojo. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. My name is Christian Polanco. That's right. And I'm Alexis Guerrero. All right. We are your favorite stand-up comedians that host the funniest soccer show that you have ever 
witnessed. A hundred percent. Okay. And it's not only that. It's not. It's right? not just that. We're something else. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're the gulliest. That's right. Yeah, get in their face, Christian. I got, I got out of the frame and everything. All right? Let them know what's up. That's how serious we are. <laughs> we don't, well, yo, we mean it. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, so, yes, welcome to the show. We, uh, we bring a, 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 a Sean Wright Phillip level of smoke. Oh, that's to right. Every episode. <laughs> okay. We just completely trash our employer Hell as yeah. soon as we start the show. Which, like this couch. <laughs> <laughs> He's not kidding. Uh, so, yes, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, we, uh, we have to start today by uh, talking about uh, big news out of Atlanta. Oh, my God. Finally, right? Because everyone was so upset that Julian Gressel got sent to, or uh, he got signed by. Yeah, he got, he got traded to D.C. United. Yeah. So, obviously, uh, there has to be a little bit of damage control because the fans, he was a fan favorite. Yeah, and Darren Eels is like, don't worry about it. We've got a way to mitigate this <laughs> Okay, we, we, we have uh, some a few potential signings <laughs> that I think are going to fix everything. But if we took a couple photos <laughs> and wait till we release these photos, everyone's going to be A-OK. And this is, uh, I, I think we, we realized that, uh, you know, obviously I think Atlanta fans wanted probably players, right, right. to replace some of the ones that left. But uh, I, I think this is... A, a, a good alternative, a good replacement, because Atlanta United it's certainly cute has signed. Uh, he, he only he goes by one name, Spike. That's right. <laughs> Sounds dangerous. <laughs> no? Okay, Spike is a dog. Yeah. Also, wildly photogenic. <laughs> is he a golden retriever? I don't know. I don't know. Because uh, if you're gonna name it Spike after the Spike that they famously hit. It's gold, so you yeah. might as well be a golden retriever. Okay, yeah, I, I know nothing about dogs. You put a bunch of dogs in a lineup, I'm like, I, I don't know. I yeah. said this before. I I'm can't tell say, the difference. Between- those are white males to me. I do not know. <laughs> I can't tell the difference between a dog, a fox, uh, a coyote, a wolf. I don't know how you people get mad at me. They're like, this one's red. I've seen red dogs before. I, I don't get it. I don't understand how y'all know the difference. What child video did I not see growing up that y'all saw? I had that thing that spun and it was like the cow goes moo. I had that. At no point that they were like the fox yeah. is red. Alexis, you know what I mean? Alexis just got rid of that like three weeks ago. <laughs> oh, I finally got it. finally graduated. I finally got to the llama. You know it's impossible to get to that. Um, but no, this is, uh, look, on on one level, great marketing move. This is great. Everybody loves puppies. Buddy, puppies. <laughs> puppies are a hit. <laughs> you want to get your grandma. There's two things you can do. You can have a baby or a puppy. And if you have a baby that is a puppy, buddy, the Instagram likes are going to go crazy. A lot of questions. What? A lot of questions. <laughs> what, what the, is the top half baby and the bottom yeah. half puppy? Or, uh, or did you just birth the whole puppy? <laughs> yeah. These are fair questions. But no, clearly Darren Eels has a, 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 this is a good, like I said, damage control. A lot of people Very upset. much so. You, this is like, you know, we we trade away. You know, dad dad left. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Daddy's not dad's not coming back. But those cigarettes are going to take a long time to go get. <laughs> but but look at this shiny new uh, puppy. <laughs> and so they're training it as a service dog. Yeah, for to service uh, the, the 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 forwards uh, yeah. <laughs> with crosses and yeah yeah okay <laughs> good service. <laughs> Couple headers. 
that puppy jumping out. It's like Air Bud. They're doing a new Air Bud. They're doing an Air Bud, okay, the Georgia edition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I don't know, what is it, for blind people? It's a service dog for <laughs> oh, people I, with anxiety, no, right? Sir, yeah, I know, service dogs can service people who can see as well. Yeah. Uh, it's not just... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't I didn't. I, read I don't the, know. I don't know the details, but I, look, he's going to... read the back of his soccer card. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and and the, the big thing was, uh, and this was was cool from the MLS PA because there there were a bunch of photos of the dog, and he was uh, on a plane. Yeah, uh, Spike was flying a charter flight mm. uh, to get to uh, you know his location to get to Atlanta, and MLS PA had a great tweet. They said, uh, "Oh." Is that a charter flight? Huh. Uh, and then okay. the monocle. <laughs> a little concerned okay. over it seems because look, they the, brought this into the CBA negotiation. The yeah, it's gonna be an example. Like, yeah. oh, you got money, you got money on a to, to, to charter a puppy yeah. to, from, from location to location. But after we play the Vancouver White Caps, we can't get yeah. home quickly. So what we gotta have four legs? <laughs> is that what we gotta do? <laughs> okay. Uh th- which is uh look. I think it's. I think it's a generally uh, for for uh, a lot of the casual fans. I think Atlanta United fans are happy. I think it, it sure it's a good move. This doesn't take the pain away from losing players you love. Exactly. And also, I thought it was a bad PR move to brand this puppy with five stripes. <laughs> a little much. A little much. Yes. Uh, yeah. Given given that the dog was so young. Yeah. Uh, maybe <laughs> they feel it. You know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yes, uh, cool. I I wish Spike a, a great season. Yeah, uh, hopefully he can contribute on and off the pitch. Yeah. Uh, so the allocation money went a long way. <laughs> Pam, uh, we love Pam. <laughs> Shouts to Pam. <laughs> so uh, I always try to mix it up with. I say yo, I say hey. Uh, you, you know, do a couple different things. A couple different things so people so I can hit every demographic Keep across the awake. country. You know, you know what I mean, Give <laughs> <him>. howdy, welcome <laughs> back. <laughs> So everybody's like, okay, he's talking to me. Oh, wow. Oh, this this segment is for me specifically. <laughs> so um, we have to, uh, again, we were in uh, in Baltimore mm-hmm. uh, for the United Soccer Coaches Convention. And we had uh, we had a great time. We interviewed a bunch of people. And we have another interview for, uh, for you guys. Uh, this was with Peter Wilt, uh, who is one of the, he was the first uh, Chicago Fire GM. Uh, he's just really one of these people that before MLS existed in, in, in you know, in 1996 when it started, uh, he was one of those people, uh, the gr- groundbreaking people in, in American soccer. Trying he was to, getting stuff done. Exactly. He uh, was playing, he was like a GM, he was a GM or, or working for indoor teams before MLS existed and you know, he is sort of everything in the wake of the NASL shutting down in 84. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people had to get uh, involved and uh, and help uh, American soccer, you know, not only just exist, but grow. Uh, he was one of those people. So uh, we get to know him a little bit. So here's our interview with Peter Wilt. Yeah. United Soccer Coaches Convention. Again, we're still here. We're still here. We're not going anywhere because <laughs> we keep getting these incredible interviews. And this one. Whew, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know. It's you, buddy. Uh, this guy, let me see. I think you uh, won MLS Cup in your first year as a GM? First year in Chicago, yeah. In Chicago. The double, actually, because yeah. we got the U.S. Open Cup that okay. year as well. All okay. right. Sometimes you got to toot your own horn if you want to hear music. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only. Put your hands together unless you're driving. For the one, the only. Peter Wilt, everybody. Look <laughs> and look, you did it. Absolutely. Uh, you are You are a figure. In American soccer. Figure eight? Yeah, something. <laughs> Crash in the middle? Well, here's the thing. When your name gets brought up, 
a sea of American soccer people have two reactions, big, big smiles or, oh, no, is he here? (laughs) And and why is it so polarizing? Tell the people who you are and why. I only run into the people that love me. I haven't run into (laughs) anyone that hates me. I don't think I I think it's afraid. It's like fear. 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 That's fine, then. That's fine. I don't know. Uh, I suppose uh, because I'm out there in social media quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm fan friendly and I've taken a different approach than maybe a lot of other executives. And why is that? Because you're beloved by the fans, especially all of our friends that are Chicago fire fans. You are wildly beloved and not just for winning. It's because you sort of bonded with the fans in a way. Yeah. That I don't think I've ever seen from a front office I, person. I, I'd like to think I'm respected and liked by fans in any market that I've started teams, uh, but Chicago, I think in particular because well, hey, I've started a few different teams there, but also I think they contrast the experience they had while I was there with the experience they've had with executives after I was mm-hmm. there and it hasn't been as good. Okay. And at least uh, <laughs> that's a very Midwestern <laughs> way to bust shot. And I like, just like Alexis was saying, the, you, when, when your name is brought up, you, you are a person, I, I feel like uh, if, if people are not super connected to the American soccer scene, they may not know who you are. And there's a lot of people that we've met at this convention that have so much history uh, in the game and are, and are partly responsible for getting the game to where it is today. So how, where, before you got uh, the job at, at, at Chicago Fire in MLS, what were you doing before that? Yeah, I mean, that's a, a fair question because I'd been kicking around soccer industry for about 10 years, actually, okay. before I was hired in Chicago and actually with minor league hockey before that and baseball before that. Uh, but I, I, I go back to 1987 and my soccer roots uh, working, running the front office for the oldest continuous professional soccer team in the United States. Either of you have a guess of what team that is? The oldest continuous pro soccer team in the United States. Oldest oh. contribute. A Brooklyn Italian. I was going to say that. Not prof- they're not prof- professional. Uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Co- the Cosmos? Some people think it's, yeah. they're not continuous. They're yeah, continuous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people think it's uh, the team that plays a couple blocks behind where we are right now, which is the Baltimore Blast. Okay. The Baltimore Blast fans claim that, but the truth is they took a couple of years off and became the Baltimore Spirit. So, so not continuous. My, my, right. not continuous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So that brings us to the Milwaukee Wave. 1984-85 they started i started running the front office in 87 okay and i did that for four years um uh, we hired some good people we filled the bradley center indoor well they took a little bit as an outdoor team but they've basically been an indoor team since uh the beginning and then i went to be general manager of the chicago power Mm. of uh the indoor league back then and we're fortunate to win a championship. A, an energy company. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Indoors. They're actually in the basement of a, <laughs> of a refinery. <laughs> Maybe that's why they didn't last forever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They had to move into Edmonton, becoming the Edmonton Drillers Part 2, I think, yeah. at some point. But So I did Chicago Power. We won a couple championships there. Uh, then went to work for the Minnesota Thunder. I uh, joined them when they went from being an amateur team to a professional team. Worked with uh, Mr. Buzz Lagos. Uh, and we won uh, uh, some championships there. And I was recruited to become... Uh, the first general manager of the Chicago Fire, mm-hmm. which is Chicago MLS at the time, went through the whole branding yeah, thing yeah. at the beginning. And here's the thing. You started at a time when now people getting started at the level that you started at in lower leagues. 
they're trying to figure out how to make a career out of that. How do you stay in the game? There's so many clubs that are opening and closing and changes being made every year. How did you survive sort of that point to get to the point where you are now? Yeah, back then, in some ways, it was easier because it was the dark ages of professional soccer. There's a decade in America where there is no first division outdoor soccer. Yeah, right. NASL died in 84. MLS Basically, 96, when they yeah. started playing games a year two before that, where they were getting ready. Uh, and I, that's when I got into it, was during the Dark Ages. So there weren't as many obstacles or barriers. There weren't as many people trying to get into it. There weren't as many opportunities either, to be fair. Uh, but nowadays, it's the opposite. There's a slew of opportunities at every level. I've never seen so many opportunities in professional soccer or now in amateur soccer yeah. uh, with the lower divisions. Uh, but there's also a huge pool of qualified talent that didn't exist before. I mean, I got my first job in soccer because I told the ownership of the Milwaukee Wave, I didn't know anything about soccer. They said they're tired of soccer people telling them how to run their business. <laughs> I understood sports business at that point because I was working for the successful minor league hockey team. And so they hired me for the business aspect of yeah. it. Uh, and it kept like that until the late 90s, early 2000s, where it was difficult to find people that had a background in both sports business and knowledge of soccer. Yeah. Okay. And now it's, we're fortunate. There's this, when I, when I went to talk to the USL folks uh, down in Tampa about the new position I have, they had me meet with, I counted up, I met 17 different people in their front office. Wow. And it might've been a quarter of how many people oh, work there. All at once? <laughs> I wish. Then yeah, it would have been done easy. easier, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it amazed me afterwards. I thought back on it. I was like, the number of people I met with who are young and really understood uh, what the soccer landscape is and how to promote the sport in this country. And it made me kind of proud being kind of, I guess, an old man in this industry that I feel a little bit responsible for helping educate this next generation of administrators. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh yeah. I mean, you, uh, you are, uh, we, we saw you last year in, uh, in Chicago, uh, for, for this, for the United soccer coaches convention. And mm -hmm. you were, and there were a lot of people from, uh, you were involved in Ford Madison. I remember you had the scarf there last year as well. And I only own one scarf. So I just wear this one every, <laughs> everywhere I go. It's a minimalist. But, and I'm, I'm curious because you are so like, uh, a, a, a front facing kind of, uh, administrator and you, and you talk to, uh, a lot of people on social media and you're very involved with, uh, with yeah, that, that, especially that social media aspect. When social media came, came around, how do you initially see it and how did you, uh, was it an exciting thing? Like, oh, cool, I'm going to be able to connect with people or it's just like, oh, I'm going to have to do this now. It was uh, more of the uh, former. Okay. Uh, it, it's an extension of what I've always done in my career, just with different media. Right. Uh, and it goes back to when I was a kid when I was in school, I wrote a letter to the owner of the Chicago White Sox, a Hall of Fame uh, baseball owner and promoter, Bill Veck. Okay. I was complaining that he hired a former Cub to be a White Sox manager. Yeah, you can't. That's, that's that's you can't do it. No, no. <laughs> he did. So I wrote him a, a not nice letter, uh, you know, just to kind of vent. Right. Got to get, get it out. He wrote me back. 
Okay. And it was obvious from his return letter that he had read my letter and was customized and personalized. It's surprising he wrote back, given you uh, uh, you wrote the letter with uh, magazine clippings. Uh, yeah. so, so, <laughs> How did he get the return address? <laughs> so that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the powdery substances. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, but it made an impact on me. And I wrote him back. I said, oh, my gosh. You're and I disagreed with him. I right. said, no, he's still an ex-cub. You can't hire this guy. And then he wrote me back. We actually had a dialogue. We became kind of pen pals. And it made an impression on me that I carried over until the day I got to be in a similar position and interact with fans. Mm-hmm. So I recognized a couple things, th- what it means to the fan to get that correspondence. Yeah. And um, But now they get that correspondence so fast. <laughs> It, yeah, it has changed. It, it, Technology yeah. has changed. So when I got into sports originally, it was with the minor league hockey team in Milwaukee, the Admirals, and I would uh, be the designated guy in our office to attend booster club meetings. Right. It was, wasn't supporters clubs. It was booster club meetings. And, you know, I was a kid still just out of college, and um, I enjoyed going to these booster club meetings. Uh, they were drinking beer. I'd drink beer, hang out with them. Yeah. I kind of became one of them. And... Uh, develop friendships and it provided for better continuity and connection between the front office and the fans. I carried that over to when I went to indoor soccer with Milwaukee wave and Chicago power. And then uh, by the time the internet started to be impactful with the Minnesota thunder, there was some of that dialogue going on with the public that I was getting into, but really it was an MLS big soccer.com was the big one. Yeah. And it became an efficient way to it was a message board, right? Yeah, yeah, it still is out there. It um, was, but it was like for a long time, it was the like place. Americans didn't have a place to watch or read, or newspapers weren't talking about it, radio shows weren't talking about it, yeah. news channels weren't talking about it. Big soccer was, it was talking before about before Twitter, before Facebook. It was the only way <laughs> for this subgroup, subculture yeah. of American sports to communicate, yeah, and they did. I was one of the few administrators that took advantage of it and put myself out there. Uh, for better or worse, to develop, I mean, to, to answer questions, to clarify issues. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, it was just common sense. It served a couple purposes. It it prevented wild rumors from getting out of control. Right. Uh, it, it answered the questions that were really on fans' yeah. minds. And it gave us ideas uh, and perspective from our audience that, we needed to take into consideration when making our own decisions, whether it was about the makeup of the team or the marketing uh, efforts, uh, so that we were doing things with the end user in mind. Yeah. I mean, you've seen so much from your start of your career in soccer to where it is now. I guess for for two people like us who kind of, I've been a fan of the game for a long time, but came into American soccer a little bit later. Last August, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Uh, right? I saw one game and I'm like, you know what? I think I get it. Um, <laughs> I've been an Inter-Miami fan my entire life. Yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I don't tell you. Nashville SC till I die, dog. <laughs> um, but what you've seen is is a lot of ups and downs. It's hard for us to sort of place it, right? What? Where do you think American soccer is right now? And And this is, yes, on the heels of the U.S. not qualifying for the World Cup, but now sort of being a little bit further out of it, a, a MLS player now being the head coach of the men's national team, uh, MLS where it is, the fees coming in, the expansion, the sort of overwhelming call for maybe some changes to the single entity system, everything you see, where do you think American soccer is now? 
preach to us, youngins. <laughs> well, you know, back in the 70s, they said uh, with Pelé and the Cosmos and even Minnesota Strikers and Rochester, uh, they said it's going to be the sport of the 70s. Yeah. yeah okay. All these kids are going to be playing the sport. In the 80s, well, okay, maybe it's the sport of the 80s, oh, sport we, of the 90s. We weren't too much cocaine in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> all right. <laughs> we went, we went yeah. a little too far. We yeah. had big ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they thought it was going to be a revolution. They thought overnight yeah. at some point there'd be maybe an American star that would come about. Or, or like this overwhelming love affair with the game. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the truth is it's always been about an evolution, not a revolution. Mm-hmm. That's used a lot of spikes and then valleys. A lot of it has to do with uh, signature events. World Cups, usually, um, both men and women. The 99 Women's World Cup was the most important soccer event, I think, in my lifetime because it, it really made an impact on the social aspects of society as, as well as the sporting aspect. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, absolutely. I mean, that and Title IX really changed what sports is and more than sports, what life and opportunities are, are for girls and women. And because America did so well, it piggybacked and created change elsewhere in the world, which is great. Winning always helps. Yeah. Uh, in the 94, obviously was, was huge with the world cup here. It opened the eyes to a lot of mainstream media uh, about the sport. They totally expected it to fail and it filled the stadiums. And then MLS and the evolution of MLS and signing of key players, Freddie Adu, even though he has failed as a player, he did make a huge impact on the level of acceptance of the sport in this country. And the, the interest in the sport in the mainstream peaked with his uh, signing. He was worth 9,000 extra tickets for every game when he was playing with D.C. United. That's huge. Yeah. It was amazing. And then when Beckham came, again, huge, not just for spectatorship, but my goodness, there were stadiums built because of him. There are sweet soul because of him. There are broadcast deals done because of him. And there are expansion franchises that went northwards in price because he of him. He filled giant stadium. Yeah. I remember I remember that game. They had people like, you got to go. These people that weren't even soccer fans. I'm like, how do you know about this game? You know? Yeah. And he ended up performing on the field as well, which was nice. It gave more credibility to the signing for the, the soccer purists that Hoped he wasn't just going to be a shiny object. Uh, uh, ESPN, do, ESPN does an annual um, survey. Uh, I'm going to forget his name, but Dr. Richard. Uh, I see. I forgot his name. Yeah. But uh, what is your favorite American sport to watch or favorite sport to watch? Soccer did not crack the top four between the start of the survey in 93 until 2012. Finally knocked out hockey and um, auto racing. Oh, Baseball still up there. That's for ages 12 plus. For ages, and it's been in the top four ever since then. Uh, for ages uh, 12 to 24, soccer is now number two behind pro football. Now, soccer isn't just MLS in that survey. It's yeah, international right. soccer and all that. Uh, among Latinos, it's number one. So that shows that, you know, in this evolution – it has now crashed through a, a certain ceiling and it's there's an age wave. Obviously I'm an old white guy in my demographic. It's still a 1% interest in the sport. Uh, and the average age of a world series viewer is my age 59 last year was my age 58 year before it was 57 <laughs> does not bode well for baseball's future, yeah. major league baseball's future. I think yeah. it's a different topic, but minor league baseball is in good shape for different reasons. It's mm-hmm. more of a 
community asset. Um, well, now a lot of uh, younger people are watching because of all the cheating drama and, and kids love reality yeah. shows. We need <laughs> the, real, the real housewives of Major League Baseball. <laughs> I think the cheating will help, actually. Yeah, I just, like yeah, just like steroids did. It, it, it was all like, come on, MLS, start cheating. <laughs> Let's get some numbers. I, I want to talk about uh, the Chicago Fire and your uh, your time with them. And, and maybe maybe you can reflect a bit. There was a lot of success while you were there. And, and what's going on? now like obviously you you are wearing the chicago fire hat with uh, with uh, the best logo the, the, ever best logo. <laughs> and after the after this rebrand uh i mean let, we have to be honest people are losing their minds and and it's gotten to the point where they are they are beating a dead horse it is getting the people are, are now who people who don't like the badge are getting mad at people who who publicly do not like the badge because they're tired of hearing people not like the badge right <laughs> so what um is i'm sure you probably would have handled it differently <laughs> david vaudrey everyone yeah. wearing a, a princeton <laughs> shirt and to show him how much i love him I'm wearing my Princeton jacket today. Amazing. And my Chicago Fire pullovers in the hotel. <laughs> With nice. the, the classic logo. Okay, look. Thanks, we, And we were just talking about that. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, clearly, I think you, we know where you stand when it comes to the badge. But uh, of, of how the Chicago Fire being handled right now, uh, wh what are your thoughts on, on how they can sort of get through this and find success somewhere? So to answer that question, let me go back to the last question, which I feel like I didn't really finish answering. I think the future of American soccer, the next step we're in our evolution to show that we're not at the be all and end all yet is to kind of fill out the American landscape with spectator soccer. I think, you know, we see you know, the, the, the trees in the forest because we're so close. So we're seeing uh, the major markets and MLS right. and even USL championship to some degree. And where the future is, is in the medium sized markets in the small markets. Um, there's 30 to 40 new professional soccer teams that are going to come online in the next five to 10 years. And the likely mainly going to be USL uh, championship teams or USL League One, actually, more so than championship. And when those markets start filling out, you know, you know the smaller, more the, the Sioux Falls of the world or yeah. Little Rocks. Uh, uh, I mean, Chattanooga is the example, the shining object yeah. of uh, example. Um, then we truly become a soccer nation where it's it's not just kind of the, the the blue states and the blue markets right but we get into middle america that starts to embrace it and it's something i'm very excited to be part of is is helping these markets with their supporters group culture uh develop uh, teams chicago fire rebranding um yeah, I'm biased, obviously, and uh, it, it was difficult for me to accept that they were going to rebrand in the first place. I was worried they're going to change the whole name. Okay, uh, so I was pleased that they decided not to change the name, <laughs> All right. and I came to accept the fact that uh, the, the the logo would be changed. Uh, as it came out, um, I tried to keep quiet about it. I didn't want to be the lead person yeah. on opinions uh, of it because your voice is too powerful. In that in, sense, in, in, yeah, in that community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I waited to see the public reaction. It didn't take long. Mm -hmm. uh, but to me, the negative reaction, well, first of all, any change is difficult for people of to course. accept. No matter how great a change it would have yes. been, there have been some people, especially the, the longtime fans, that would have pushed back on it. Um, but the uh, preponderance of fans that pushed back certainly indicated that there's an issue with the aesthetics of, of the logo and 
Uh, I, I am no art major, but I, I tended not to like the changes that were made specifically, I guess the, the color changes, the lack of iconography yeah. with Chicago, the symbolism, um, lack of carryover of anything of the original uh, mark. That being said, I had less of an issue about where the logo ended up than I did with the, the process. There didn't seem to be much transparency yes. in the process, and there didn't seem to be much communication with longtime fans in the process. And I think if they would have just done those two things, even if they ended up where they did, there would have been much less uh, pushback uh, than there ended up being uh, transparency and probably less anger. Absolutely. I, I mean, the transparency and connection with the fans is always going to create a sense of ownership of the end product by the fans because they were involved in the process. Right. It's, it seems to me like someone like yourself, especially being in that market or any market and you having success with your brand of leadership, which is involving the fans and, and being almost one with the fans and creating a bit of a bridge. You're almost like an ombudsman between the front office and well, the because fan of the base. team really belongs to the fans. Uh, owners and management are temporary. We're, they're caretakers. Right. Um, you know, hopefully they're there for a long time, but eventually it's passed on to someone right. else. Whereas My point is, the if, fans they saw are there be, if they saw you be successful, why isn't everybody doing what you do? Why, <laughs> why don't we have a, a hundred thousand Peter Wilts out there, man? What is yeah. going on? I don't understand if everybody, you know, everyone hates you. Why would you dig deeper? You know, yeah. and that's not one person in particular. I'm talking about like, there's a slew of, you know, people in the front offices that feel like, no, no, no. The wall between me and the fans when you were the other way. I think there is a human nature when you get a position of leadership to make all the decisions yourself. And it's a natural thing um, for management to be top down instead of bottom up. That being said, there's much more bottom up approach to soccer leadership now than there used to be. Okay. Um, NWSL, you look at the work, Elise LaHue yeah, is doing incredible. a sky blue. She, I was fortunate to hire her as my uh, first intern with the Chicago Red, Red Stars. Oh, wow. Really? And she, we were talking earlier and I was congratulating her on all her success. And she very nicely gave me credit for her leadership style. And I'm just giving me too much credit for that. But <laughs> I, I think there's much more of that nowadays, and especially with younger leaders, they get it. Uh, but even in MLS, you look at, um, you know, Portland has done a good job. Can sporting Kansas city. Yeah. Rob Heineman has done a good job and where you have those examples. I think, think the relationships between the fans and the front office may not be perfect, but it tends to be better. Right. Yeah. You know? It's just, uh, it's, uh, it's impressive. Right? And I, I enjoy hearing about uh, the, the, yeah, your, your history and a lot of work, because again, like I was saying before, there's a lot of things do not happen in American soccer. If Peter will is not try is not helping build it. Uh, yeah. And I know that you are currently working with USL. Uh, what is your role uh, with USL? And uh, uh, yeah, and and so and what's the, the, the maybe the I don't yeah. know if necessarily the future of the league, or, uh, but what is um, uh, yeah your role and, and what you're trying to uh, do there? Uh, it's pretty exciting. They, I was running forward Madison, and they approached me about 
helping them with new market development, okay. essentially. They have me also working with some of the existing teams, but mainly I'm working with new markets on developing the supporters culture mm-hmm. in those places so that when these new teams start up, they're not starting up in a vacuum, but they right. already have an existing fan base, specifically supporters sure. that are helping the, helping guide them yeah. and helping create the excitement in the community. There's examples of this already. What to me, the shining examples are uh, the sons of Ben in Philadelphia yeah. mm-hmm. around for a couple of years before the union was around. And then the same in Indianapolis where I, I started Indy 11 uh, the Brickyard Battalion was actually working to bring professional soccer to Indianapolis for several years uh, before um, Rosalos, Demir, and myself um, went public and, and, and started the team. And having that supporters base in a community really makes it more of a broad base, community driven effort yeah. that's likely to succeed rather than that top down rich guy says, I'm buying a franchise. All right, this is what the name is. This is what the prices are. Uh, open the doors, buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I'll, I'll buy a couple supporters, just stand here and share. <laughs> you know, it seems to me like uh, when you look at soccer on the overall, it's really exciting. You look at these USL clubs, they're popping up left and right. USL now has three levels, if I'm not mistaken. There's uh, USL yeah, Championship, Championship League, League One and two. and two. And then there's also MPSL. And I say, here's my question. Team like Forward Madison, a team like uh, pick any other USL team. How are they making money if they're not able to continue to grow or rise up to a different level? And I'm not saying that they need that. I just don't understand. How is it that they're successful if they're sort of stuck in this middle position? And maybe I just don't understand it. Yeah, well, I think uh, for a true, if your question is about, you know, profit loss, making money, not making money. How are they staying open? It doesn't have to be necessarily actual cash. I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. One is from operating capital. Yeah. Uh, You're profitable on an annual basis or not. And the other is evaluation of of the franchise. Right. Uh, Are you going to be able to sell the team? in 10 years for more than you've invested over those, yeah. those 10 years. And I, on the latter aspect, I, I don't think professional soccer has ever been in a better place than it is now. Uh, it's because of the stability of the leagues, particularly MLS and USL, yeah. where, you know, 10, 15 years ago, people might've looked at those two leagues and said, maybe they'll be around in five years. Maybe they won't be. Uh, but now, especially with all the infrastructure, the brick and mortar that's being built in both leagues, um, there's assurances that yeah. these teams and the league will be around, which allows evaluation of those teams to grow and grow. So even if they are losing a little bit of money on an annual basis, they can make it up when they eventually sell the team. I mean, MLS is, uh, valuation skyrocketing is a remarkable story. Every year, yeah, every year. It's and it's a, it's somewhat uh, supply and demand. Um, it's all supply and demand. It's obviously a limited supply, but we don't know what that limit is. Mm. I mean, maybe forty. Don Garber's raising the limit every week. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think the guy's got a gambling problem. What's happening here? He's got to pay off some big debts. If somebody, if someone me, offered you three hundred fifty million dollars, would you not find a way to give him another? One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that I, would be. There would be 700 teams in MLS <laughs> if I ran MLS. I'm not saying I'd be good at the job. I'd just be like, yo, I can't hear you because of the wall of money I've built. <laughs> you know, it's a 
big country, a lot of zip codes. Yeah. You should really have a team in each one. Yeah. So what? I put three in the same block. <laughs> they got money. I got oh, teams. You, you must not like competition. Yeah. Oh, wow. What do you just want? One team, dude? Is that what you want? Give me $7 million. I'll give me one team. <laughs> if someone told you in 1980, what was it, four when you started with Milwaukee Waves? 87. 87. If someone in 87 said to you, hey, I'm you in the future. <laughs> Someone's going to give a top flight league $350 million to put a club in the South. <laughs> what would you have said? Yeah, crazy. That's yeah. crazy talk, especially outdoor soccer. I mean, back then. That wasn't even a thing. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is a couple semi-pro teams. Um, there's nothing in Wisconsin. Uh, but yeah. yeah, indoor soccer, I might have said, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Outdoor soccer, you would have pepper sprayed me. Yeah. Yeah, said, hey, that's crazy. You know, to look at sort of when you look at a lot of fans, that, especially that we talk to, are uh, newer fans. So they see the league where it is and they want it to be the Premier League. They want it to be League IMA. They want Pro Rel. They yeah. And they're like, well, why don't we take what we have and just make it better? And everyone else, especially in your position, is like, have you any idea <laughs> how lucky we are to even be here? So I, I love that you sort of do bridge that gap because we've interviewed some people yeah. who are like, you're wrong. And if the Premier League started today, it'd be like the NFL and the NFL makes more money. And then there's folks like you who are like, I see both sides of the argument. You know, if you were made soccer czar in this country, soccer czar. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I hate to tell you, you got to take that off your business card. Uh, if someone made you soccer czar and you got to do whatever you wanted and it, it may, it worked immediately as soon as you said it, what would you, yeah, you're checking to make sure you put it in there. What would you, just a little, little, uh, what's the first edit. change you would make to any part of American soccer right now? Mm. And I can hear the gears turning. Already you said I'm not allowed to say that on microphone <laughs> in your head. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Hear me out. <laughs> yes. Uh. Get rid of us. <laughs> Every 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. We throw another ball on the field. Please tell me that's a joke. <laughs> By the end of the game, we've got nine balls on the field. <laughs> yeah, Americans want to see scoring. Right. Yeah. 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 That's not really the first thing you do, is it? Nah, maybe the second or third. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm known for my efforts to start uh, NISA, and, and which would include promotion relegation, eliminate some of the barriers to entry, and... You know, understand all the risks uh, and also the opportunities that entails. I would like someone to try promotion and relegation in this country almost as an experiment just to see what the um, effect would be. Why can't USL do that? They've got Uh, three leagues. It needs I think they're open to it in the future when all the teams at all their levels are have reached business stability or solvency, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that makes sense. It's uh, it, by waiting, it's going to create other challenges of determining, well, if you get promoted or you get relegated, what are the, the parachutes or the yeah uh, preventative measure, measures or the, I'll say penalties to get promoted right. uh, to pay for going up. Uh, but by waiting, there's a better chance that once it's implemented, it will be implemented successfully. I think if if you do it now, there's too much of a risk of, of teams going down, suffering too much and affecting their business and teams being promoted. They may not be 
uh, prepared for it. I mean, that's another thought. People don't always think about it. When a team is promoted, do they have the financial wherewithal to perform at a higher division? Right. I think it's less of an issue, frankly, for second to third, a third to second. Um, uh, a bigger issue will come if and when a first division league is layered on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. And then before we let you go, I, I want to ask uh, one question. Maybe it's a big question, but you've uh, again, you've been involved in soccer for a long time. You've accomplished a lot of things. Is there anything that stands out as your uh, proudest uh, achievement or accomplishment in soccer that I, and you still you, your career uh, still has a very, very bright future. You're still accomplishing a lot of things. But is there anything that stands out for you? Like, I'm I'm glad I accomplished that. Well, on one hand, I'm really proud that people like Elise LaHue are, are carrying on some of the uh, traditions and styles that I've okay. uh, hopefully have, uh, exemplified. Uh, but as far as something uh, singularly proud of that maybe people don't think about was starting this little indoor team in Chicago. I think it was 2010 called the Chicago Riot. Okay. Uh, we had 35 days to put it together. Wow. <laughs> uh, it was a league owned team because the league was uh, floundering. It was down to four teams and the league owners came to me and asked if I would go to Chicago and start this team. And we put together a representative team in a great venue with unbelievable promotions. It was so much fun too, because you we had no one really to report to. Right. <laughs> and, and you're like, well, if, if this fails, yeah. And you gave me 35 <laughs> days. So yeah. let's just do whatever the hell we want. So I, I'm kind of proud of that. Uh, obviously, the championships, I'm fortunate to win in four different leagues. I think I've started more pro soccer teams than anyone else in history, which is kind of neat. And with the Chicago Fire, I don't think anyone will ever replicate this. We won the Eastern Conference, Western Conference, <laughs> and the rare Central uh, right. Conference or Central Division yeah, yeah. Championships. We're going to have to start making up some conferences. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeez. Incredible. Well, Peter Will, thank you so much uh, for joining us. This is uh, pleasure, an absolute guys. honor. An absolute honor. And what, make sure, like, how can people know that you're going to come to their I don't city want and people help? people talking to me. Yeah, okay. Well, then. <laughs> very shy. Yeah. You can, uh, I think you can tell. Yeah, at Peter Wilt one on Twitter. You can uh, DM me and I'll get back to you. Okay. What a great guy. Thank you so much for being here. This is an honor. Cheers. Mine too. Thank, Thank you guys. so much. All right. So that was Peter Wilt. How yeah. great was he? Oh, I thought you were going to do another regional. No, Hello. no, no. Just uh, when now we're back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we readjust. Uh, <laughs> now we're talking to soccer, soccer fans exclusively. If you're not a soccer fan, Stop watching. <laughs> well, then play ball. Whatever they yell. Um, no, we have to uh, talk about a couple other things. Uh, in, uh, you know, uh, obviously the MLS season is going to be starting uh, pretty soon at the end of uh, at the end of February. It's coming Ch- fast. Champions League uh, is coming soon as well. But there's already uh, uh, rumors about players possibly coming to the league. Unless there's a strike. That's right. And uh, that is something we should uh, point out. January 31st is the end of the uh, the current uh, collective bargaining agreement. So, yes, so that's tomorrow. Well, no, that's well, Thursday. So, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> tomorrow. Is yes. Like this. So um, so anything could happen. We don't know exactly, you know, February 1st, uh, what, what, what we can look forward to. We, there, uh, hopefully next week we can say, hey, there's a deal in place and we don't have to worry about anything. But. Uh, Champions League matches start about two or three weeks after, you know, in into February. 
uh, and they, there's not going to be games. MLS teams are not going to be playing if there's no CBA. Uh, if agreed there's no upon. CBA, they can't. Right? Exactly. They'd have to go get a bunch of scabs from, I guess, other leagues, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Spike, you're in, buddy. <laughs> get in there. <laughs> uh, good news, buddy. Uh, <laughs> you're playing every position. <laughs> so the uh, over here, over here, Spike. <laughs> Getting goals, Spike. <laughs> the uh, the the what? I mean, some of the players that are rumored to be uh, coming into the league. Uh, one of them is uh, uh, Rogelio Funes Mori, who yeah, who uh, was at FC Dallas's academy. Yes, yes, uh, and uh, you know, but then he obviously went to Mexico, played uh, playing for Monterrey, uh, and and obviously just lighting it up, doing uh, a great job at Monterrey. Exactly. I mean, we just saw a, a bicycle kick in in the final. Uh, the dude, wild disrespectful uh, brother. Brother of Ramiro Funes Mori, right. Everton legend. Uh, <laughs> the word legend is now being stretched a bit here. Okay, I, I, I've disrespected the word, to be honest. Uh, but yes, uh, but, but Funes Mori has been great. So uh, the rumor is that he might go to Inter Miami. Uh, and But Monterrey losing uh, a player like that would be huge. Clearly they have, either they're going to get a... They're going to want money for that. They, a ton of money. Not, this isn't on a free. And that they, that they have uh, a, a good replacement in place. Uh, because he, he is a, an important player for them. Uh, also, uh, Pedro uh, apparently got an offer from Inter Miami and NYC, or, or at uh, least rumors showed interest from NYCFC. Yeah, Viso Kobe, who which is where David Villa went in mm-hmm. Japan, right? Uh, they apparently are interested, and the rumor is that they're offering him a ton of money. Yeah, and now looks like Roma is in the game for him. Yeah, and Pedro, uh, obviously, at Chelsea, I think he fell out of favor with Frank Lampard. Uh, there's right. obviously, uh, there's like players, uh, Frank Lampard is playing 14-year-olds out there, yeah. uh, and they're doing well. So he's like, I don't need this old man. Yeah. You, you're 31? Yeah, he's nah, like, man. He's like, Pedro, I mean, you ain't even on TikTok. How am I supposed to? I can't. I mean, you know. You want me to try to get you in there like, you ain't even doing a whoa. <laughs> You don't even know how you to do lip singing. <laughs> so you still on Vine, dog? No, no. app is dead. It's dead. <laughs> how are you uploading, dog? MySpace. I can't have this associated with my club. I'm embarrassed, dude. I think I saw you still using Facebook. <laughs> Damn. Okay, boomer. <laughs> uh, speaking of TikTok, have you seen Alfonso Davies on TikTok? I have not. He has been uh, dominating on TikTok. Doing putting out some high quality content, really? Yeah, doing uh, making fun of all uh, his teammates' uh, goal celebrations and different things like that. Yo, follow uh, Alfonso Davies uh, on TikTok. He's, he's dominating Bundesliga Canadian. and social me- German social media. Damn, he got a lot of time on his hands. <laughs> no, he's doing great out there. We did it. We did it again, crushing it. I mean, I, you know, people think like, oh, it must be difficult making incredible television. Apparently, no. <laughs> okay, they let any rubes in, in this room. <laughs> but here we are making genius content. <laughs> okay, yeah. look, clearly, uh, you know. Name another show that talks about puppies and TikTok <laughs> and soccer. I dare you. Uh, so, yes, well, thank you again for joining us. Uh, again, my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerrero. Oh, we have a wait. I did that too soon make sure you follow us at soccer cooligans uh at leave Google a five Sports. star review the whole nine yada, leave yada, yada, a, yada, yada. Uh, subscribe to the join youtube channel squad. join gully squad do all those things support us as uh and support fubo sports so with that said my name is christian polanco i'm alexis guerreros and together what are we the, the cooligans, cooligans!